There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Second Tier Podcast. I'm Ryan Dilks and I'm joined by Justin Peach. Good day to you, Ryan. You may have noticed I didn't give Justin a derogatory intro to this episode, but that's because I'm all business today, ladies and gentlemen. That's because it's League Table Time, my favourite time of the year, Justin, where we well and truly put our necks on the line to put each championship side in a specific place in the table and get mercilessly bullied for it online. It's absolutely great. Justin, how stressful has it been for you putting together your league table? I've actually been very relaxed with it. And there are a couple where I've hummed and hard. You know, there there are a lot of unknowns, I think, this season, especially with some teams. There are, you, know, you look at Hulk, for example, not giving you anything away, but Akinola Carly's come in. It's a complete revamp. Um, and, and there are teams in a, in a similar situation. So it's been really difficult. But actually, on the face of it, I've been very relaxed. I've been very calm. I've, I've been very measured with it. And um, I'm really looking forward to what these predictions are this season. I, I don't know why. I, I feel like this is the season where we don't get bullied. But maybe maybe I'm yeah. just, yeah, being a, a hopeless... Very, very naive. <laughs> exactly. Just naive, I think. <laughs> Well, welcome to the number one championship specific podcast, the second tier, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us wherever you are. So as I say, yes, this is the start of our league table predictions. What we're going to be doing is we're going to be revealing today our bottom eight. That is 24th to 17th. And then on Tuesday's episode, we'll be revealing 16th to 9th. And then, of course, on Thursday, we'll be revealing our top eight. Who's getting promoted? Who's going to finish in the top six, etc., etc. But today, we are all about who's going down and who may be staying up just by the skin of their teeth. Um, usual reminder, the way we made this table is pretty simple. Justin's made his table, I've made mine. We've then merged them together into whatever is left over. Um, of course, it's worth... Yes, of course. Of course, it's worth keeping in mind that there's still a month to go of the transfer window, so a lot can change between now and then. But it's no fun doing a prediction five or six games into the season, is it? So we've put our necks on the line just for the fun of it, really. Because um, it is just a bit of fun, guys. Don't get too wound up in our opinions. <laughs> um, just trying to stop the vultures before they start coming on to us, Justin. Um, but we may as well kick things off with the team we've got in 24th. Justin, who have we got rock bottom? of our championship league table prediction sadly it's newcomers Rotherham um, and yes yeah, I say sadly because they're a, they're a team that are managed by Paul Warren he's a manager that I, I really rate and I like uh, a lot um, and there are a lot of variables as to why this is the case obviously you've mentioned before their record their championship record isn't isn't great but for me it comes down to 
a number of issues, mainly the, the forward line. Um, the forward line makes me a little bit nervous, especially at championship level. Tom Eves and Connor Washington, can they hit double figures? I, I very much doubt it. I don't I don't, I don't think they can. Um, they'll work hard, but between them, they scored 23 championship goals in 149 championship appearances, which is um, yeah leaves a lot to be desired. The team is tidy in, in other places. Defensively, I, I like them a lot. And their midfield of Ben Wiles, Jamie Lindsay and Daniel Barlas is a very, very nice and tidy midfield. Wingbacks as well, Cohen Bramble and um, Peter Kioso um, are two very good uh, two very good wingbacks as well. Um, Kioso being quite quite a versatile player. But yeah, for those reasons in, in the forward line, I just don't think they're going to score enough goals to get out of the bottom three, to be honest. Yeah, of course, losing your top goal scorer in Michael Smith is never a good start, is it? And they've also lost their best defender, Michael Hickway, who was also their captain. Cameron Humphreys and Jamie McCart have come in at the back to replace a Hickway. Neither have played at this level before, though, so how good they actually are, only time will tell. Um, it is also worth mentioning Paul Warren. As much as we rate him as a manager, he has been relegated three times on the trot now, so... While he's greater, obviously, getting Rotherham out of League One, his record at this level isn't promising. And the thing is, I was feeling quite optimistic about Rotherham's chances of finally staying up this season um, after last season ended. Mm -hmm. But the the business over the summer has just not convinced me at all. And they've also got that ridiculous record of either finishing in the top four of League One or the bottom four of the Championship for the past 10 seasons. And I've struggled to see that changing this season, unfortunately. But it is not all doom and bloom because they were brilliant at the back last season. They only conceded 33 goals. And obviously, while losing a hit weight is a blow, there's nothing to say one of the new boys can't fill that yeah. void. If they manage to keep it tied to the back, then they'll certainly cause teams problems like they did last time in the championship. Mm -hmm. And they've got some really good players in midfield, haven't they? Barlas is someone you're yeah. a big fan of, Inti Justin, but they've also mm -hmm. got Wiles, Ogbeni. All are certainly good enough to be playing at this level, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. You're spot on. And as I say, it's not necessarily the defence that's going to be an issue. We know Victor Janssen in goal as well, displayed some really good form when they were last in the championship. Defensively, that I think they're fine. I think they're good. I don't think they'll concede a lot of goals. It's just going forwards that is the issue, and, and putting the ball in the back of the net that is going to cause problems. And it comes down to the two the two players there. Paul Warren's come out and said that he's, he's been very. Uh, he was quite angered by um, by the moves in the transfer market or the lack of moves. I should say, you know, they've been outdone by not outdone, but um, competition with high paying League One clubs. To put, uh, quote Paul Warren has has caused a lot of a lot of problems for him, um, and you can see why he's frustrated because going into a season with two strikers that are not convincing at this level is a massive worry. In twenty thirds, Justin, the team we've got second bottom is Birmingham City. Now, it's the dawn of a new era at Birmingham with the club's takeover set to be complete. However, the early signs of this takeover have set off a couple of alarm bells already for me. The first is John Eustace's future. Now, reports in the week were saying that the potential new owners, who haven't actually been confirmed yet, the potential new owners want to have a chat with John Eustace about his future because he it's not 100% that he's going to be taking charge of the club heading into next season because John Eustace was appointed when Bassini looks like he was going to be taken over. So that's one thing. But I'm also concerned about the appointment of the new CEO, Matt Southall. We won't go into that here, but if you're curious, just have a Google about his time at Charlton. He isn't the most popular man on earth in that part of the world. So the early signs indicate to me that we're going from 
one crackpot era to another. That may be unfair because it is very early days, but that's how it certainly seems to me early on. And that's not going to do much to stop the decline of a club, which has been on that road for quite some time. And that's a big factor for me. But it's not just behind the scenes, Justin. On the pitch, there are problems as well, aren't there? Yeah, the squad depth is barely existent. Um, the forward line of Scott Hogan, Troy Deeney, Luka Zhukovic, I think is the, has an average age of about 33. Um, last season, they left a lot to be desired. Scott Hogan did hit double figures, but he also missed quite quite a few key chances as well. Um there's a good raft of youngsters coming through, but a large portion of this squad has been present in previous relegation battles. Seven of the line, seven of the last nine seasons in the championship have been fighting relegation, and as I say, quite a lot of the squad has has trickled down uh, and still exists now. So, will a new manager fix that? Or oh, a new manager didn't fix it last season, or the season before that, or even the season before that? Um, so, I've uh, yeah, there are a lot of issues on the pitch, as you say. Um, they unless a, the new ownership comes in and brings in a, a raft of new signings, just can't see Birmingham surviving this year, unfortunately. Yeah, whoever is in charge of the club at the start of the season certainly got their work cut out with the squad at the moment. And it is worth remembering as well, if it wasn't for points deductions, they'd have stayed up by the skin of their teeth last season and the squad is weaker now than it was then mainly because the lone players who were their best players from last season aren't at the club anymore, apart from Dion Sanderson. And he's a positive Dion Sanderson. He's someone who I think is a really solid player at this level. I'm also curious to see what Austin Trusty is like, who's joined on loan from Arsenal. He's a defender as well. He's been, um, he was signed by Arsenal in January at the age of 23, so they must see something in him. Um, and if you're also looking for other positives, they've got some good youngsters coming through as well. Jordan James is one in particular to keep an eye on this season. Joby Bellingham is there too. You may have heard of his brother. So there's certainly some talent there. It's just when I look at the the way Birmingham City are going as a club, I struggle to get too optimistic about them staying up this season. Plus they've been fighting relegation for years now, haven't they? In 22nd, Justin, who have we got? We've got Reading. Um, and I, I felt a little bit optimistic about Reading and then did a bit more digging and yeah, I think this is, it comes with a poor Lynch tax because I feel like the squad's capable of not being relegated. I, I feel like, I think the squad's better than a bottom three place, but it's just that poor Lynch tax is an issue and obviously squad depth as well. Um, but for me, as I say, there, there's very good foundations. There's, there's, there's foundations of a very good team. Tom Holmes, McIntyre, and a Yeardham Hendrick. These are good, solid championship players. And then you add in the likes of Yuka Shao and Yaku Mete, who are match winners on their day. Ovia Jari has that. X factor that he can bring when he's on form. There's there's a lot of quality at Tomlins as well. There's a lot of quality in that team, um, but I think the fact that yeah, Paul Lintz isn't the most highly rated managers in the championship, and there's a squad depth issue. And obviously, if, if players do pick up injuries, they had that issue last season. There aren't many waiting in the wings to come in and and fix the problem. So yeah, there are there are concerns there, and that's probably why Reading might just fall short of finishing outside of the bottom three. Yeah, you're certainly feeling more optimistic than <laughs> I am. If it wasn't for points deductions, Reading would have got relegated last season and their squad is now significantly weaker. The midfield of Josh Ron, Andy Rinomota and most importantly, John Swift, they're all gone. Those three have been so important to any form of success that Reading have had over the past couple of years. 
And they were a disaster defensively last season, conceding the third most goals a side ever has in a championship season. And it's going to take more than just the addition of Sam Hutchinson to sort that out, as well as new signing Joe Lumley in goal, who was very questionable at Middlesbrough. Um, and Paul Ince is the manager as well. Four wins from 14 games since taken over from Velko Paunovic isn't an encouraging tally. And his managerial record in general is very poor. So there's a lot of problems with Reading's squads. They have done all right in the transfer window so far. As you say, Jeff Hendrick, I think, is a good signing. Tyrese Fawn has come into from Forest uh, to try and make up for the losses um, in midfield. Lucas Yao is still there for now. He has obviously been linked with moves away. And if they are left with Shane Long up front and no Lucas Yao, then I'll be certainly fearing the worst because Shane Long's goal-scoring days are certainly behind him. And then defenders Tom Holmes and Tom McIntyre are reading through and through in there. They have the potential to be very good players, I think. So there are certainly positive signs. I'm just not too optimistic. And a lot of that is down to the fact they've got Paul Ince and the dugouts, who I just don't really rate as a manager at all, unfortunately. Um, that's our bottom three. Worth saying we both had the same bottom three, just in a different order. In fact, mm -hmm. my bottom three hasn't changed for months, actually. Justin, are you the same? Uh, well, yeah, I think I had Birmingham bottom. I think it was quite an easy one, although Reading, Reading did make me think, actually, you know, I'm, I th I'm thinking they could they could get out of this. Um, and they, they, is it is it a problem that they're in? Obviously, if Paul Ince gets sacked, they've got to... Yeah, it's, it's, a bit, it's a big if, but who's going to take charge? They'll have to find another manager because I don't think Paul Ince will have long in the new season. Um, that would be my bet. Um, but yeah, the, the, my bottom three has rarely changed. It's been quite an easy one, to be honest. Yeah, I think it'll be a popular bottom three for other people who make their Championship League table predictions. Let's go to the team who we think are just going to stay up. Who have we got, Justin? We've got Wigan Athletic. 1-0 Will Grigg up the ticks. Come on, um, to to quote uh, a young fan. Um, yeah, I, I expect a solid Wigan team this season. Um, I'm actually really liking what they have within their team. They've got a really hard-working unit. Um, and tactically they'll be quite interesting as well because you've got James McLean for example who is at the wrong end of his career but he's a very very good crosser and then when you've got the likes of Stephen Humphreys, Charlie Wyke and Josh McGuinness big targets to aim for in the box but I think they're going to be a bit of a, a false dawn for, for Will Keane who's obviously going to play in behind them and obviously Callum Lang's there as well I think they'll cause quite a few upsets next season as I say I think they'll be a hard team to break down they're going to be built on hard working principles especially when you've got Max Powers, Graeme Shinney, Jordan Cousins and Tom Naylor as your central midfield uh, group. Um, they're all tough tackling, hardworking uh, midfielders and they will make it difficult for opposition. So I'm really intrigued as to what Wigan are going to bring. Maybe we could do one or two more additions, but it's been slow for them in the window and maybe that's on purpose. Yeah, the fact that it has been slow for them in the window is one of the reasons why I'm not putting them any higher in my uh, league table predictions. They brought in Ryan Niambe from Blackburn, which I think is a good signing in fairness. Mm -hmm. They'll undoubtedly have to sign more players between now and the end of the window, though. Um, having said that, I think most Wigan fans would probably take 21st right now because it has mm -hmm. been such an undeniably underwhelming summer so far. Another concern I've got is Will Keane. Can he score the goals at this level? Because his record at championship level is pretty poor. Having said that, since he joined Wigan, he looks a completely different player. But 
I, I think we're going to have got some good players here. They were excellent in League One last season. I've managed to keep most of that squad together, bar Kellen Watts. But he could rejoin on loan. He has been linked. But Jack Watmuir is a really good player. The midfield of Power, Naylor, Cousins, very steady. James McLean has been playing some of his best football in years, back in a Wigan shirt. And Callum Lang's an exciting player. So they have got some good players there. And it wouldn't surprise me if they did bring in a few more additions over the next month, whether they did cause a few upsets and maybe even finish um, towards mid-table, not necessarily in mid-table, but getting that way. Um, because I, I think uh, Liam Richardson as well is a really good manager, Justin. Yeah, but we've praised him a lot and we, we ranked him very highly when we did our 1-24 to managerial rankings. Um, if you look at what he did for Wigan in their administration season, kept them up, played with kids, a couple of experienced players, uh, and I say kept them up, and then what he did last season, they came up as champions with a virtually a new squad, which is an incredible achievement. And as I say, they're going to be built on solid foundations. I think that the, the lack of movement in transfer windows done to keep that unit together. And I think that's going to help him quite a lot. Maybe a little bit similar to what Blackpool did. There will be one or two additions, as you, as you say, but I don't think they'll be major. I think you'll have a settled 11 um, and that will be a very, very good method of getting points for, for Richardson next season. Lovely stuff. Justin, let's have a quick break after that. We'll go through the teams we think are going to finish between 20th and 17th. Welcome back to the Second Tier Podcast. We're making our league table predictions and this is part two of a three-parter. That's just confusing, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) This is the teams who we think are going to be finishing between 20th and 17th in the Championship next season. That's a lot more of a simple way to put it, isn't it? In 20th, Justin, we've got Huddersfield Town. Now, if you told me just over two weeks ago that we'd have Huddersfield this low in our predictions... I'd have thought we both banged our heads or something, but things have really gone belly up in recent weeks, haven't they? First of all, Carlos Corbrand going. That is such a big blow because he's one of the was one of the best managers in the division for me. Um Danny Schofield's come in. Very unproven. I mean, he's not had a job in management before, but he is very highly rated amongst the Huddersfield hierarchy. And then if you had to pick Huddersfield's four best players from last season, you'd say Lewis O'Brien, Harry Toffolo, Levi Colwell and Lee Nichols. The first three have all gone. And that's not good. Plus, the likes of Sonani have also gone as well. Pipa. There's the, the supporting cast of the club have also left. In fact... More than half the team that started in the playoff final have now left the club. And that's a lot of turnover for me, a bit too much turnover. And I seriously don't think you can rule out Huddersfield being in a relegation battle just because the players who have been left over, a bit so-so. Yeah, I think that's a fair uh, assumption. I think another thing you have to add to it, historically teams who lose a playoff final the following season, they underwhelm Um well, the, the more, more more teams underwhelm going into that next season. And as you say, even if you just take Lewis O'Brien and Harry Toffolo out, it's, there's not a lot there left to be excited about. Johnny, uh, John, uh, Jonathan Russell's a, a really good a really good player. Saul Thomas is obviously still there. Um, Matty Pearson, really solid. Tom Lee's had a really good season last season. There are still very good players there, but 
you take out Corbrand and then you take out three of your best players from last season, what are you left with? A lot of question marks, that's what I think. Um, David Kasubu, can he step up? Will Nakayama play at wing-back? His stats were very good in the Eredivisie, but he's got to adjust to a new style of play, new system, new league, new country. There are question marks there, and obviously he's got to fill the shoes of Toffolo as well. Yes, I've seen a few. I've seen a few. Um, a few predictions even put Huddersfield in the bottom three again, and I think that's just an indictment as to where they are now compared to where they were three weeks ago. Yeah, it's been a fairly disastrous few weeks, hasn't it? It's not all doom and gloom. Sorber Thomas is still there. He's an incredible player with a wand of a right foot. And they've got plenty of experienced heads in there too. The likes of Lees, um, Hogg. These are players who stand him in good stead yeah. if they are in a relegation battle next season. And Danny Ward's good for at least 10 goals a season as well. So there are plenty of positives there. It's just <laughs> the past few weeks have been so bad. And there's a lot of pressure on Danny Schofield mm-hmm. to get them back on track and stop this terror that's been going on in <laughs> recent times. Um, in 19th place, Justin, we've got Blackpool. Now, Blackpool fans were enjoying the ride with Neil Critchley in charge. He's a brilliant, exciting young coach, but the brakes were firmly put on when he decided to leave to go to Steve, be Stephen Gerrard's assistant to Aston Villa. This club looks as if it looked as if it was moving in the right direction, but is now seemingly stalled. And the question is how quickly they can get back into gear. Yeah, you're spot on. Um, it's a really good, really good analogy, actually. Well done for taking my my hat there. Thank you. <laughs> um, but you're absolutely spot on. Yeah, I think it's a bizarre decision for Critchley to leave. As you say, the club was on the up, um, but I think for them to make a sideways step, I think them finishing 19th would be a good season. Um, there's been talk of the club putting more money into the infrastructure, so therefore the playing budget isn't as high as it could have been and that's absolutely fair so which is why I think Blackpool would be very very happy if they just stay in the championship again this season and if you look at the squad the squad is good I know I mentioned the other day that um, or in a previous episode that midfield numbers looked a bit like but Fiorini who was with Appleton last season at Lincoln I think is a tardy signing on loan um, and then you add the fact that they've got the likes of Lavery, Lavery um, Anderson, Medine, Yates there's players there who are going to get eight or nine goals next season which should prop them up um, and defensively, they've got one of the best defenders in the division in Marvin Ekpatetra as well. So there, there, there is a good squad there, a good unit. Appleton will keep them solid. And I think Blackpool just staying in championship next season is a is a good goal to strike towards because of, you know, if they get relegated, there'll be a drop in income, etc., which is not ideal for a club wanting to push on. Yeah, I think you're absolutely spot on. They've kept the core of the squad that finished 16th last season. You didn't even mention Josh Bowler, Justin, who looks who? like he's <laughs> he looks more likely to be staying now than leaving, which I think is a massive, massive boost for Blackpool. Um, he was a bit inconsistent at times last season, but on his day, he's one of the most exciting wingers in the division. Michael Opperton, he's coming off the back of a season where he was in charge of a team who finished 17th in League One, which isn't anything to be excited about really but his management career has been very hit and miss really there's been a lot of frustration from supporters about the lack of business so far this summer having said that I think 19th wouldn't be a disaster for Blackpool by any means and they would actually do really really well to replicate the 16th place they managed last season so I think this is a respectable place to be put in Blackpool 
18th place, Justin, we've got Cardiff City. Now, I actually had Cardiff to finish 21st in my personal table. It's been a common theme across the summer, hasn't it, that I haven't been too impressed with the business that Cardiff have done because there's been so much upheaval at the club this summer. Players who have been key to them in past seasons have gone. And I'm not wholly convinced by the players they've brought in. They've signed 12 players in total. Cedric Kippe, um, Romain Sawyers and Annie Renamota are all good signings. I think that's undeniable. The nine other players they brought in are all unproven at this level. And it could take a while for all these new players to gel, considering there aren't many players left from the squad that was there last season. And they also still need to strengthen going forwards. Right now, I'm not sure who's playing up front. That may change before the transfer window closes. But I don't see any of the strikers there getting close to double digits because they're all young lads or um, just unproven at this level, really. They have got... You know, some good young players there, such as Ruben Colwell, Ryan Wintel's a lad I really like, Perry and G's a very solid player. Um, so there are some good players there. But the, the, the headline here is, as I've said on many occasions, I'm not sure about Steve Morrison. I think he and Cardiff were saved last season by the lone players they signed in January, none of whom have returned, by the way. He comes across to me as tactically naive. However, he is still young, so he may learn from it. We saw that with Carlos Corbran last season. He was disastrous in his first season, but then miraculous in his second season. Not saying that's going to happen, but he may have learned from his mistakes from his first season. Having said that, with the squad they've got, I'll be surprised if they finish anywhere higher than 16th. I'll hold my hands up and say I was wrong if that's the case, but I can't see it personally, and I think it will be another tough season for Cardiff City. Okay. Uh, well, I'm going to throw it in there. I vehemently disagree with you. This was there are a couple of teams where we were very far apart um, in in what we think, and I've I've banged the Cardiff drum all summer, much to um, yeah, <laughs> I mean everyone. Well, Cardiff fans have an opinion in view and an opinion of me in how we assess Cardiff, which is fair. Um, but I am actually quite excited at where this Cardiff team is going. I think I've, I'm coming around to the idea that Steve Morrison is a good fit for Cardiff and how they want to progress. Um, I've seen clips uh, in pre-season which have impressed me. Um, And I think a a back four, for example, with Ryan Allsop or even Jack Anwick, who I actually was looking at SPL goalkeeper stats and Jack Anwick was the top performing goalkeeper outside of Celtic and Rangers in terms of save percentages. Then you've got Ryan Allsop as well, who we know is a a more than capable goalkeeper at this level. But a back four of Perry Engie, Kipre, McGuinness-Bagan, that's a very good progressive backline. That's a backline that is comfortable with the ball at his feet and is solid enough defensively as well. And then you go into a midfield three of Romain Sawyers, Joe Rawls, and Andrea Motta. That has goals, energy, creativity, and composure in it. Yes, the top end of the pitch is looking light um, and, and inexperienced, but given that they've recruited, I think, recruited really well so far this summer, I think they will do a really good job in bringing in two or three more players to to prop up that forward line. So I'm more optimistic about Cardiff. I think 18th is as low as they'll finish. I think they've got a high ceiling this season and it just depends how quickly the players set into how Morrison wants them to play. I disagree. Let's move on. (laughs) 17th place, Justin. We've got Blackburn Rovers. Mm -hmm. The headline here is an unknown new manager, a couple of key players leaving, 
and barely any new signings to report so far, isn't it? Yep, spot on. Um, I think we had him in a similar place last season because, again, there were a lot of uncertainties with um, with where they were going under Mowbray. Um, and it's the same this season, unfortunately. Um, like you said, a lot of unknowns. When you think um, about recruitment this summer, it's been quite slow. I think Callum Britton is a is a good signing at right wing back. Um, I think that's an upgrade on Ryan Niambe, in my opinion. Um, and they have got a solid spine in the team. You look at Kaminsky um, in goal, then you've got a centre-halves of Daniel Ayala, who can be very good at this level if he's in form. Scott Walton as well is a, is a player I really like. Then you've got Lewis Travis, who I think, again, he can have a season quite similar to Lewis O'Brien. Um, fairly similar player, although a bit more destructive um, than, than O'Brien, given his disciplinary record. Um, and then you move up John Buckley um, and then obviously Ben Brighton Diaz, Bradley Dack. It's a really good spine. It just needs propping up with numbers. I think that's the only thing that's going to let down Blackburn this season is if the squad isn't um, deep enough. And obviously how quickly they can adjust to John Dahl Thomason, who is an unknown in the championship. He's played some counter-attacking football. He's played some possession-based football. And I still, I think, uh, reading last week, he's still unknown as to how he wants Blackburn to play and the formation he wants them to play. He wants them to be quite fluid. But again, still unsure. So yeah, a lot of unknowns with Blackburn. I think seventeenth will be a steady, a steady season under a new manager, under a new tenure. It's the first one after Mowbray's five years. Yeah, I think in our in our defence, Justin, I actually quite like the appointment of Dahl Thomason. But it's difficult for us to justify putting them above some of the teams we've got above them in the table, just because it's an unknown manager, isn't it? Um, but you look at the players who have gone, Daryl Lenahan is such a big blow for Blackburn. He has been a rock at the back for many years now. But the others who have gone, Kadra, Niambe, Van Heck, Rothwell, mm-hmm. they've also gone. It's a very different side to the one from last season. But they have got some key players still left over. Ben Brereton, Diaz. The question is, which Ben Brereton, Diaz are we getting? Are we getting Diaz or Brereton? Um, <laughs> we saw both. Um, in different halves of last season didn't we so it'll be very interesting to see which one carries over into this season and of course hopefully fingers crossed a fully fit Bradley Dack because we all know what he can do when he is fully fit it's just we haven't seen a fully fit Bradley Dack now for quite some time unfortunately but if they have the best versions of those two players then they've got two clinical proven goal scorers at this level haven't they so there's plenty of things to hold on to for hope for Blackburn it's just I struggled to see them having a season similar to the one that we had last season, particularly because there are so many unknowns in the current squad. And there we go, ladies and gentlemen. This has been part one of our league table predictions. This has been our bottom eight. Just before we go, Justin, shall we round up who we've got in each place? Do you want to do it like the charts? I do one, you do one. Yeah, OK. Just let me just scroll up and find them first. Yeah, okay. <laughs> let's, let's go, let's go. Bottom of the table in 24th, we have Rotherham United. 23rd, we have Birmingham City. The other team going down with those two, we have in 22nd, Reading. Finishing just outside the, I was going to say playoffs, relegation zone is Wigan. In 20th, we have Huddersfield Town. Then we have Blackpool in 19th. In 18th, we have Cardiff City. And in 17th, we have Blackburn Rovers. Who's finishing above them? You can find out on Tuesday, ladies and gentlemen. That's when we're revealing our teams between 16th and 9th. So you can look forward to that coming in the next couple of days in your podcast feeds. But this has been the Second Tier Podcast. We look forward to seeing you again on Tuesday. And then, of course, our top eight is coming out on Thursday. So I've been Ryan Dilks. I've been Justin Peach.
and thank you for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.